Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Paranormal Archaeology. I'm your host, Sarah Head, and today we have another spine-tiggling topic. I'm sure it's been on everyone's minds lately, with the spread of the coronavirus, making it as far as the shores of the United States, the bastion of health and vitality among the world. So why should we, those of us safe here in the States, worry about a little coronavirus? After all, isn't it just the super cold? It's just a flu, right? It has no major effect on anyone, really. You're just going to be sick for about two weeks, right? These stages of the coronavirus that we're witnessing in society today are just the first steps of a pandemic. It's been identified by the World Health Organization as a pandemic in the making. Nearly every country, first world or otherwise, is reporting cases of the coronavirus within its borders. And with all the misinformation going around about the coronavirus, it's easy to fall prey to a little bit of hysteria. M95 masks are selling out, hand sanitizer is a rare commodity, and even rubbing alcohol is vanishing off the shelves of supermarkets and quickie marts near you. How can you protect yourself against the coronavirus? Even when experts are saying that the masks won't work and that quarantine is the only real way to keep ourselves safe. But yet we live in a country, here in the magnificent United States, where quarantine isn't an option for the majority of the population. How can you quarantine yourself for up to four weeks when you have to pay the bills, put food on the table, take care of people? Here in the States, we have an overburdened healthcare system that one might charitably say isn't quite ready for a pandemic the size of the coronavirus, if China and Italy are any examples to it. So is there nowhere we can turn? Is there no example in the history of the United States that we can turn to as an example of how to protect ourselves from the insidious coronavirus? Funny you should ask. Have you ever heard of zombies? The zombie in American folklore has evolved quite a ways. There's a lot we can say about the zombie. A lot we can point at and critique and spend the better part of decades talking about. But as Dr. J. Vanderveen has pointed out, the zombie is also a way for us to examine our changing fears about society today. I'm Jay Vanderveen. I'm a professor of anthropology at Indiana University South Bend. So the idea though is, is that the zombies are kind of this reflection on whatever it is that, that we're afraid of in our current time. The original zombie may have been a classic example of ethnocentrism and orientalism being used to color the way we see local and indigenous folk beliefs, but it has certainly modified itself to fit in with our modern times. The zombie is an expression of not only a well-used horror trope, but also evolves to encompass our fears, going all the way back to Romero's unknown origin vampires and Night of the Living Dead, fast-forwarding to the contagious zombie during the height of the AIDS epidemic in the 90s, jumping forward to the 2000s, where zombies are now the result of medical experimentation and gene therapy gone awry. Yeah, 
the, the idea was, and, and when these are going off, this is the Cold War and everybody's afraid of, of the atomic bombs. Um, so his zombie in, in the original movie didn't have a, a clear origin. And these were ghouls and people were sort of pontificating on television and saying, oh, we think it's, it's probably because of these radiation poisoning and, or something came down from space it's also that particular time in, in our social context as well. We can once again fall back on our trusty zombie trope to help us ease our fears of the coronavirus. The use of zombies as a way to study disease vector in the medical community is a long-standing one nowadays. Everything from master's theses to PhD dissertations have been written about how to handle the spread of the zombie apocalypse. Can it even be combated? And if it can't, how long do we really have? In the totally serious but slightly tongue-in-cheek book, But If a Zombie Apocalypse Did Occur, Essays on Medical, Military, Governmental, Ethical, Economic, and Other Implications, an edited volume from 2015, Linda W. Thompson wrote a chapter called The Reaction of Healthcare Providers to the Zombie Apocalypse. It's interesting to read through her stages of the healthcare industry, trying to contain and provide aid should an outbreak of zombieism occur. She covers the various laws and mandates that require our medical profession to provide aid to those who are ill. She covers the various codes of ethics for both medical associations and for nurses, and then points out that eventually healthcare providers have some very difficult decisions they have to make. But what's most important is, during her discussion of how medical care would go during a zombie apocalypse, she also used past outbreaks to examine how nurses and medical staffs reacted to epidemics. She looked at Ebola outbreaks that occurred across Africa and the SARS outbreaks that occurred in China. Interestingly, the same challenges that healthcare providers faced during those two outbreaks are challenges they're also facing with the outbreak of the coronavirus. Challenges such as providing care while wearing bulky protective equipment, dealing with the death of patients, and not being able to save patients despite their best efforts. At the same time, medical professionals, and nurses especially, were dealing with the stress and pressure of being completely immersed in their work environment, some being quarantined as well, thereby creating the difficulties of finding ways to care for themselves and their co-workers and to stay healthy and uninfected. But there is the possibility that despite the best care and efforts of protection and containment of the contamination, healthcare providers could become ill and possibly even morph themselves into zombies. A very similar tragedy we've seen with the SARS virus. Several healthcare providers have contracted and unfortunately lost their lives combating the coronavirus. Healthcare providers are armed with this knowledge that providing care to those who are sick exposes them directly to the virus itself, even with perfect use of personal protection gear, which has been shown to be less than 50% in even professional environments such as modern hospitals. There is still the chance of contamination, and as we've seen with the coronavirus, there's the chance that someone might not be showing symptoms of having the virus, but is still capable of passing it on. Could something similar happen during a zombie outbreak? Could someone, if it were a zombie virus, be immune to it and unfortunately pass it on to those around them thinking that they themselves were unaffected? A zombie typhoid Mary, if you will. 
Another reason for the less than perfect use of PPE is a lack of availability. Personal protective equipment can run the range from something as simple as a pair of disposable gloves and a cotton mask to all the way up to a full contamination suit and advanced respirator. Thompson crunched the numbers for us and gave us an interesting formula, saying that, for example, if a hospital had a nursing staff of 100 nurses, their nursing staff at highest risk would be 33 out of 100, or 33%. You would need four sets of PPE per nurse for adequate protection. So you would need 132 advanced respirators per day, plus those needed for physicians, other staff, and family members who might want to come visit. Not to mention, how does one contain the patient themselves? I can't think of very many hospitals that carry that much personal protection equipment on hand, especially advanced equipment such as that. Does that mean that we have inadvertently set ourselves up for an outbreak that we have no way of protecting our medical staff from, let alone ourselves? We're already seeing shortages of the M95 mask, the one recommended by the World Health Organization for best protection against the spread of the coronavirus. Even with reports saying that the masks are not necessarily needed in everyday use, the sale of M95 masks has skyrocketed to the point where stores are completely sold out. You can purchase an entire container of the masks online if you'd like, but they go for around $100 per 10 masks, and that was the last time I checked Amazon five days ago. So with a lack of proper protective equipment out there for hospitals, let alone the general public, what else can we do to help keep ourselves safe from a zombie apocalypse? Quarantining is always an option, and I think in almost every long-term post-apocalyptic zombie movie we've ever watched or TV series that has ever been made, there's always pockets of individuals who've wandered off-grid, living as far away from other humans as they can. We like to point at these individuals and call them survivalists and ha-ha-ha doomsday preparers, but when we really look at the behavior, what they're doing is self-quarantine. Well, fear not, everyone. The CDC has a plan for the zombie apocalypse and the possibility that quarantining might be necessary to keep the spread of zombieism at bay. If you head over to the CDC.gov, you can go to their Preparedness 101 for the zombie apocalypse. This page is also copied onto the FEMA website so if you don't necessarily want to go see it at the CDC, you can go read it at FEMA. Interestingly, a lot of the advice that the CDC gives for surviving a zombie apocalypse is very similar to the advice that the CDC gives for surviving any kind of natural disaster. It's also not necessarily bad information for us to use during an outbreak such as the coronavirus, which may prevent us from socializing with our neighbors. For the zombie apocalypse, the CDC recommends that you put together an emergency use pack containing water, one gallon per person per day, food, stock up on non-perishable items that you eat regularly, aka don't go out and get the exotic foods, folks. Stick to the ramen and the instant rice meals that you're used to. Stock up on medications, this includes prescription and non-prescription meds, tools and supplies, handy-dandy utility knives, duct tape, and battery-powered radios. Maintain your sanitation and hygiene. This includes household bleach, soaps, and unfortunately, hand sanitizer, which is sold out in our area. They recommend clothing and bedding, a change of clothes for each family member, and blankets. It's important to keep the things that are touching your body clean. 
They also recommend keeping your important documents close and having first aid supplies. They also recommend coming up with an emergency plan. This would include where you would go and who you would call if zombies started appearing outside your house. They point out you can also implement this plan if there's a flood, earthquake, or other emergency. They recommend that you pick a meeting place for your family to regroup in, in case you get separated, or in case of town evacuations. They also want you to identify your emergency contacts, make a list of the people that you need to get a hold of immediately, like the police, the fire department, first respondents, and even out-of-state contacts who might be family members you might want to keep track of. They also ask you to plan an evacuation route, which can include anything from getting out of your home to getting out of your town. They suggest that you find a way to get to a shelter fast. All things that are important when zombies attack. But what does all of that tell us about how to prepare for the coronavirus? Well, judging by the videos that have made it out of the Wuhan and Ubei provinces, where quarantine has been going on for several months now, several of these items on the CDC's checklist do hold weight. It is important that you have enough food and water to last you. Also, you might want to stock up on toilet paper. And if my hometown is any indicator, you might want to go get that rubbing alcohol and hand sanitizer now. And while you're at it, stock up on over-the-counter painkillers like ibuprofen and aspirin. Those were sold out too. Keeping track of your loved ones and the health of those loved ones is also important. When was the last time you talked to some of your beloved? How healthy were they when you did? Remember, we're all in this together, whether we're zombies or not. So why have we been poking fun at the zombies all this time? Well, to be perfectly honest, I myself am a little freaked out by this whole coronavirus thing. And the first thing that popped into my mind when it started spreading was the use of the zombie as a disease vector and how it's been studied that way in several different medical journals. Yes, it's funny to think that there are professional doctors out there who have written their dissertations on the spread of a possible viral zombie infection. But the same ideas that they're using to track the zombie apocalypse can also be applied to everyday medical emergencies. Also, thinking of the coronavirus more as a zombie apocalypse virus takes the sting out of it just a little bit. It allows us to have a open conversation about what we should do and what we should be thinking of in the face of a possible pandemic without frightening ourselves too much. Is there a possibility that the coronavirus may just be a flash in the pan and it'll all be over with in 30 days time? I suppose anything's possible. But let's not forget, the zombie apocalypse in 28 days later took less than a month. So yes, I hope you can all listen to this particularly brief podcast on zombies and take it as the joke it is intended to be. I hope it makes you laugh, giggle, maybe shiver a little, but I also hope it helps you think about your own plans during this spooky time of the coronavirus. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Paranormal Archaeology Podcast. I know it was slightly off topic, but as I said, it's helping me deal with my own anxieties, and I hope it might help you deal with yours. If you liked this podcast, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a star, or just share us with your friends. You can contact us at paranormalarchaeology at gmail.com. Check out the website, paranormalarchaeology.wordpress.com, or send us a message through the Anchor app, which hosts this podcast. And overall, I wish everyone the best of health in this upcoming zombie 
apocalypse.